the Big Ten Review Show podcast. I'm Josh with my co-anchor, Mar. Mar, what's up, my friend? Can you believe we're already at week eight? I kind of wish we weren't, because that means we're that much closer to being done with it. Dude, we're flying by, man. We're flying by. We've gone through a lot of games. We've learned a lot about these teams, and we're going to learn even more in these next few weeks. I'm excited, man. There's so many fun, 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 and interesting Big Ten games uh, over these next few weeks, over this last stretch of the season. I I can't wait. It's not even just the Big Ten. I mean, overall, obviously, we're we're on a Big Ten Review Show podcast here. We're going to talk about these games, but... Even this week, we have things that are going to open up for teams in the Big Ten, right? Syracuse and Clemson playing top 15 matchup. We have Ole Miss, number number seven, traveling to LSU. You got UCLA, Oregon, top 10 matchup. UCLA is going to be a, a Big Ten team in the future. Texas, Oklahoma State, like a lot of games. Alabama, Mississippi State, these teams all play a crucial role in where the Big Ten lies, right? So, I mean, we saw Illinois make huge jumps. Michigan and Ohio State checking in the top ten. Like, these teams are making an impact, and, and some of these teams going down is going to help the Big Ten a little bit. Absolutely. I don't know if I saw this correctly. Does Tennessee play Georgia? Tennessee plays Georgia, I think, in two weeks. Yeah, that, that's a huge game. And then, huge I mean, game. you'll probably have, what, maybe Bama, Georgia, again, in the SEC championship. So these rankings are so fluid right now they're going to change week to week they are and you know i'm looking at these schedules though and i I don't mean to jump ahead but is there a possibility especially with bama going down the sec losing one i wouldn't say any teams are out right they have that, that triangle of teams that could still go in but let's just say that you know bama loses another game which would be far-fetched or georgia goes down to tennessee or something along these lines is it possible that we could see two big 10 teams in the college football playoff it would have to be michigan ohio state right is is, is who you're referring to I, it would have to be so and i think they both have to go in undefeated into the shoe and have a really tight game but it they're kind of looking on the path. Both these teams look really, really good right now. And I, I think you could ask Ohio State fans, all of a sudden, they're a little more concerned about Michigan than they were in the past. And Ohio State, we already know, they're a known commodity right now. Like, right, their, their pass offense is, like, beyond elite. What's above elite? Because I think that's their pass offense. I don't know. I'll get my dictionary out <laughs> during the break and, and come up with something. They're white hot. I'll just tell you that much. And then... Uh, Michigan, they bring that. It's a little bit of a spread, but also that power run concept. Look, I'm not saying that it's going to happen. It would be unprecedented just yet for two Big Ten teams to get there. But I think we have to start looking. If these teams are that good, it's a possibility if a couple teams uh, get knocked off. Yeah, they need a lot to happen ahead of them. Um, Obviously, you would need Georgia maybe to get – maybe not, but you need Tennessee to lose. You would need Bama to, you know, suffer that second loss. You'd have to – Clemson would have to lose – um, there's quite a bit that would need to happen. It's not inconceivable, but uh, I think it's a little. It might be a little far fetched this year, but um, who knows if those if those two teams go into the shoe and, and play a, a thriller? Um, who knows, man? Anything can happen. Who know? I just think back, like a 2016. If Michigan had not lost prior to, I think, believe they lost to Iowa that year. Uh, I th- would think it's a possibility they had that thriller in overtime. Uh, with with you know the JT sh- was short that Michigan players keep or Michigan uh, fans keep saying if that game uh, Michigan had not lost it's a possibility two teams could have gone but I'm just looking at this year the Big Ten it is just so fun I'm so excited but you know what I don't want to look past any teams Illinois still 
has some big games as well. They look great. Penn State is not out of the hunt. And we have a lot of games this week that are going to teach us a lot about these teams. One thing we didn't talk about earlier in the week on the podcast was the updated AP poll. Did you get a chance to, to look at it? Heck yeah. How about Illinois up to 18? I'm just stoked for that team. Yeah, Illinois jumps six spots. They jump up to 18. There's a really good chance that if they do make the, uh, if they do win the Big Ten West and they do make it to that Big Ten championship game, they could be a top 10. They could very well be a top 10 team. Um, but w- I mean, with, with Tennessee beating Bama, Ohio State jumps up to number two. Uh, Michigan jumped up a spot to number four after that big win over Penn State. Uh, obviously, with the loss, Penn State dropped back a few spots. They dropped back six spots to 16. We mentioned Illinois jumping up to 18. Interesting, Purdue and Maryland both receiving votes this week. If Purdue beats Wisconsin this week, don't be surprised to see Purdue in that top 25 next week. You know, I almost feel like they should be at this point. Minnesota has a vote as well. I just don't think they're trending as far up as some of these other teams Purdue, I, they might be jumping up. That's that's a huge one. They've looked really good some weeks, and their two losses are to Penn State and Syracuse, right? So a, a lot of fun. I'm I'm just telling you, man. I'm fired up for the Fighting Illini. I, I I'm a fan right now. I'm a huge fan, and I'm hoping they don't let us down because they're a really fun team to watch. They're awesome. They're awesome. We talk about them every week on the podcast. They're awesome. Unfortunately, they're off this week, but I, I'm already looking forward to Week Nine when they get back on the field. Well, why don't we talk about some of these games that we have coming up? It's it's an interesting weekend. We're going to learn more about these teams as well. One game that I'm honestly pretty excited about, and I'm not sure I understand the spread necessarily, is Iowa going to, to the shoe here to play number two Ohio State. What uh, What confuses you about the spread? Well, it's 29, which to me looks a little odd. And it's, did you see the over-under on it? I did not. It's 49. Okay, so you're telling me that you're expecting Ohio State to put up, what, just around 40, and they give up 10? Well, actually, more importantly, you're telling me that Iowa puts up 10 points? Now, I'm not sure that I'm ready to jump the gun either. I think Ohio State actually puts up more than than 39, 40 points, and I'm not sure about Iowa. On this. It's just it's an odd one to me. I don't know what, what to think of it. Yeah, Um my expectations for Iowa are not too high for this game. Um, I'm afraid that Ohio State kind of comes into this game firing on all cylinders. They had a bye week last week. They're well rested. I think they're going to score quick and often in this game. Uh, and they're going to put Iowa in a really tough spot, a spot that I don't think Iowa wants to be in, a spot that I don't think Iowa's going to be comfortable with. And that's playing from behind and having to rely on Petrus and this passing game. That's just not the way this offense is built. I think this one has the potential to get ugly real quick. I would tend to agree. Uh, this is the type of team Iowa, and look, I'm just going to tell you, they have given a lot of teams fits over the years. This is probably not the year. I just don't see how Ohio State gets slowed down. I, this, that offense is too pro- prolific. And I'm trust me, I know Iowa has a good defense. I just think they're hitting elite levels that they're playing against. It's just different. It's a different ball game. Yeah, I was going to say the one positive for this Iowa team has been their defense, but I mean, don't sleep on uh, Ohio State's defense. They've been equally uh, as impressive. They've been sneaky good. I'm not sure they really get the credit they deserve because that offense has been so prolific so far this year. Um, Ohio State's defense ranked 10th in all of D1. They only give up 15 points a game. I think with Ohio State's offense, though, um, a common misconception about this Buckeyes team is that they score quick. They have a big play offense. They're obviously capable of doing that, but they've actually... 
uh, that's actually not how they're playing this year. They're actually controlling the clock quite a bit and playing efficient. The defense has only been on the field so far this season for 340 plays, which is good for second in all of D1. Wow. Actually a really good uh, statistic. Uh, you got some good data today. Uh, I, that's the thing Ohio State has done a nice job. The running attack is a really nice compliment because when you're worried about Marvison Harrison Jr., Igbuka, Smith and Jigba, I don't know. that He hasn't played, but I'm not sure it really matters. They're already elite. They would go above with that. Uh, Fleming. And then they have a running attack to pair with it. I don't know how you stop this team, and I don't know that anyone in the, in the country can stop them. The one bit of concern that I do have for this Ohio State team is injuries. Can they get healthy as they kind of wind down you know, their season? They're going to need their full complement of players when they get to Michigan or even beyond that in the playoff. Like you mentioned, we really haven't seen Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, he's been out since week one versus Notre Dame. Travion Henderson is questionable again. He's been hurt on and off all season. Williams, Henderson's backup, is also questionable for this one. So Ohio State's got to get healthy as they kind of come down the stretch here. Yeah, they do. It'll be really important as the year goes on. Uh, you know, the best ability is availability, they say. Yeah, uh, selfishly, I'm, I'm really hoping Henderson plays in this one because can you imagine that collision in the center of the field between Travion Henderson and Jack Campbell? I mean, I don't know. It'd be like um, it'd be like Rocky hitting prime rib in a meat locker, just just smack, <laughs> you know. Just uh, that would be a fun one. I'm not gonna lie. Jack Campbell's a big dude, and have, Henderson is a, is a monster. Um, yeah, that I, that's gonna be an interesting game, regardless. I don't really understand it, but I I am definitely gonna be tuning in to see what is this all about. What what is Vegas seeing that I'm not seeing here? Um, but Ohio State is a fun team to watch. There's no doubt. I do have a question. So they've been playing at, would you say, an elite level currently? Are you talking about Ohio State or Iowa? Yeah, Ohio. <laughs> would you say that Ohio State's offense is, is at an elite level? I would, yes, I would say that. So they're in, like, first gear, right? Like, they're just they're on the highway going 100 miles an hour, on the Autobahn, we'll say. Sure. What is the next gear when Smith and Jig was back? I, like, what, what do they call that? Is it hyperdrive or something? What do you call that? I don't even know because with the way these other receivers have been stepping up, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, Fleming, Ibuka, I mean, I don't know that they even it even looks any different. It's crazy to say that because Smith and Jigba, when he's healthy, is the best receiver in the country, in my opinion. But I don't know that the offense even looks different because of how well these other receivers have stepped up so far. I know. It's it's just crazy to think about. I, I just was really contemplating it today saying, oh, my gosh, he hasn't even been back. I can't imagine – what would happen with with that team. But we'll talk about them. I'm excited to hear your pick later. I know you've been wrestling with this one. Uh, we also have, I'm going to do one more game before we're going to break here, Mar, but the Indiana-Rutgers game. Indiana coming in at 3-4, three and four, Rutgers 3-3. Three and three, And Rutgers is actually favored in this game by three points. Uh, kind of an interesting matchup. Uh, Rutgers is an unusual team right now, and I don't really know what to think of them. Their offense isn't looking too good. They're ranked 104th in the FBS, but on the other side, their defense is looking fantastic, ranked 9th in the FBS in terms of uh, yards allowed per game. They don't really have a good quarterback situation at the moment, but their rush offense is really, really good. And, and then on the other sideline, I might be just as confused with this Indiana team. Uh, they've looked for spurts throughout the year. They've looked good, but other times they look really, really bad. I mean, 91st ranked defense, 106 ranked, uh, I'm sorry, 91st ranked offense, 106 ranked defense. They haven't won a game in over a month. I, I don't know. I don't know who to trust in this game. 
I don't know that I trust either team. The thing is, Indiana has had their moments. So has Rutgers. Both teams have had their moments of looking good. And, you know, as we're making our pick later, I've been wrestling with this because, in my opinion, I'm thinking, man, this kind of looks like a Rutgers game. But every time I pick Rutgers, they let me down. And so I almost don't want to be let down regardless. So I I don't know where to go with this one. Uh, I do think Basilic is the best quarterback on the field, and I have a tendency to go with the best quarterback on the field. Uh, I'm just unsure at the moment. I, honestly, until this moment, I still don't know who I'm picking later on. So I did not realize this, but Indiana is playing at an insane pace right now. They have the highest plays per minute rate in all of college football, but they also have 13 turnovers so far this year. So I, I don't it's know. Hard. I don't. Yeah, I don't it's know where crazy. I'm going with it's this. It's a lot either. of screen passes. It's a lot of. It's it's an interesting team to watch, and that's why they don't last. Right? You talk about Michigan, the 10 to 10 at halftime with Michigan. The second half, like they just run out of gas. You just don't have, the, you know, the energy by the end of it. So, tough one to figure out. Uh, but you know what? This might separate us a little bit more. Yeah, I think the key for this one's going to be the pressure that Rutgers front seven's able to put on the Hoosiers. I think there's some potential there for them to cause some havoc, possibly cause some turnovers, uh, give their offense some shorter fields. And but, like I said, who knows? Who knows what version of each team we're going to see? Yeah, you're right. Well, hey, why don't we take a short break and we'll come back with the rest of our games. Yeah, let's do it. And we are back, Mar. we got a few more games to talk about. Hey, I didn't bring this up on the podcast earlier this week. Did you change up our music on the last podcast? I think it was Did you like it? week seven. It was Cuban, it was, right? <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, it had a little Cuban flair to it. I, think I liked it. Had it. A little bit I liked fun it. To it. You know what? Are you going to do this each week now? I, you know, it depends. I think it's more of a time thing, but I'm going to add some different sounds to it. Why not? Let's have some fun. All right, cool. You know, it's it's like it. when I added Northwestern at the beginning of the year when they had that cat sound. I might do it again here now that they keep losing. Yeah, you might need to. <laughs> Uh, but hey, we got we got three more games. I want to go through those games, but then I want to go through our picks, especially with me just absolutely blowing you out. Now I got a two game lead. Yeah, we'll get to that because I have out. I have something to say about that. So we'll get no, to that know. at the end of the podcast. Well, this game is my biggest intrigue of the week because, well, it's my own personal reasonings, but I because I picked Purdue and you picked Wisconsin to start the year to win the Big Ten West. So this is really a game that's going to tell us a lot. 3.30 on ESPN, Purdue coming in at 5-2, and two, going to Camp Randall to play Wisconsin, who's 3-4. and four. And Wisconsin is favored in this game. And I, again, that's one I don't really get. Yeah, so the very first note I have here is how surprised I am with the line of this game because I, Wisconsin favored by two points, I think. I don't, I don't know that I understand that. Uh, Wisconsin 1-3 and three in the Big Ten coming off a really tough double overtime loss to Michigan State. Purdue coming in second place in the Big Ten West Division, only trailing my pick to win the uh, West Division, <laughs> who is Illinois. Um, I will say, uh, despite the loss last week, I think with Jim Leonard at the helm for Wisconsin, we're seeing a little improvement out of Graham Mertz in this offense. Since they fired Paul Christ and brought in Leonard, Mertz has seven touchdown passes over the last two games. So, you know, say what you will, but that's that's – that's impressive. And then, you know, uh, this Purdue team, possibly only two plays away from being undefeated on the season, two very close losses, um, two very tough losses to two very good teams, Penn State and Syracuse. I don't think either of us saw this coming at all from Purdue this year. I don't like, though, that you're, it's seven touchdown passes in two weeks. I mean, all right, 
Ohio State had 77 points in one week, but best team ever to play. Well, yeah, that was because they played Arkansas State. Um, but regardless, I my point is, like, I, I don't know that you can really take a look at the microcosm of it all and say, you know what, that is seven touchdowns is making improvements. I don't know yet. I was actually going to ask you, is uh, the over-under on two and a half, we'll say two and a half, are you taking the over or the under for turnovers for Graham Mertz? I'm going to take the under. Mm. Only because they're playing, you know, he is looking better, and they're playing Purdue's defense, who uh, tends to give up a lot of points. So, um, real quick with Purdue, I, this was another note I had. I wanted to bring this up. The connection between Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones continues to impress. I dare anyone to name a better quarterback to wide receiver duo right now in college football. The only one I could think of off the top of my head uh, that might rival this connection is with the Tennessee Volunteers, uh, Hendon Hooker to Jalen Hyatt. CJ Stroud, Smith, and Jigba when they're healthy. But they're not healthy, so all right, that's fair. Uh, you're right, absolutely. Charlie Jones is is the man. I, gosh, Iowa's offense is missing Charlie Jones. He didn't catch a lot over there, but they're, they're missing someone of his caliber. He's a stud. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of points in this one. Purdue obviously puts up points, but like I mentioned, their defense is allowing the opponents to score and Wisconsin's been scoring these last two weeks. So um, again, I'm surprised by Wisconsin being favored in this one. They are at home. They are at Camp Randall. I'm surprised with how well Purdue's playing that Wisconsin is favored, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one just as you are. And I'm looking for this to be a high scoring affair. I can't wait to see what your pick is in this one, but at three 30, we also have another game. And I, I feel like I'm going to look for this later to add a cat sound, but the one in five Northwestern Wildcats who look like they're ready to just go ahead and lose the rest of their games are playing Maryland, who's five and two. It's only 13 and a half point spread. Um, but I mean, this looks like it, this one could be uh, pretty ugly, if, especially if Baby Two is playing. Yeah, for NBA fans out there, uh, Northwestern looks like they're playing to be in the Wembyamba sweepstakes. Uh, this year. Um, if, if you're an NBA fan, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't catch what you said. I think the spread was 12 points. Yeah, around there. 13 yeah, so, and I mean, a half now, but it's, it, it's it, roughly the same. Yeah, if we knew for certain if Tonga Bailoa was going to be 100% for this game, you could argue that the spread should be 32 points. Um, last time we saw Northwestern, they got absolutely blown out by Wisconsin, 42-7. to They were somehow able to make Graham Mertz look like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Maryland has a terrific offense. If Tonga Bailoa is healthy, this could get ugly fast for Northwestern. Yeah, and I think it might be. You know, the more that this team loses, the more that Northwestern loses in this this league, the worse it looks for Scott Frost, who lost <laughs> lost to hit the Northwestern Wildcats to start the year. It is just not the, the the they're going off the rails here, and this team needs to correct it. It has to happen now. Unfortunately, I'm not sure I quite see it. Um, and and if I'm being honest here, we talked about this in the previous podcast. I would sit baby Tua and uh, Tagavailoa, you know, Talia Tagavailoa, for those who don't know, I call him baby Tua. Um, I would sit him. He's injured. Let him rest this week and next week and then bring him back at full power. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I will say, though, is Maryland allows some of these teams to stick around. We saw it last week. Indiana made it a lot closer than it should have been. But if Maryland can continue to incorporate the rushing attack with Hemby and Littleton, I think they'll be fine in this one. What I want to see from each team. Maryland continue to implement that rushing attack and actually close out a game strong. And then with Northwestern, I want to see this offensive line live up to what we thought they could be. I want to see them incorporate Evan Hall a little more in their offensive game plan. And even if they lose, 
I don't want to walk away from that game thinking Pat Fitzgerald was outcoached. Yeah, I would agree. I wonder if his seat's getting warm at all. I don't I don't think just yet, but just a little more than it was last year, right? I, it's just with with everything we've seen, you know, I can't help but wonder and I, I, I don't even think I want to speculate, but like what what's going on in the, the AD's mind, the athletic department? What are they what are they considering? Um, what does that look like from a coach like Pat Fitzgerald, who I think is still a fantastic coach overall? I, I just I'm not sure I understand it when you see Paul Chris go, which is shocking to a lot of people. Scott Frost, maybe you know they pulled the trigger pretty quickly there. I, I just I don't know what that looks like. I'm hoping to see Northwestern bounce back. Uh, the Big Ten West is better when Northwestern is good. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, I don't know that his seat's too hot right now. He's still a staple of Big Ten football. He's a staple of this Northwestern program. Um, I think he's safe. I would hear so too, but I, I can't help but, but think about it. But we also have a nightcap here, uh, and we have a, a reeling Minnesota Golden Gophers team going to Beaver Stadium to play number 16 Penn State, who I'm going to I'm gonna be honest, they're going to be playing inspired, in my opinion. They and I'm sure Minnesota is playing inspired too, but Penn State um, is absolutely going to be playing inspired after getting spanked by Michigan last week. What are you thinking here? Yeah, this is a very interesting matchup. This is that yearly whiteout game for Penn State, so the atmosphere should be absolutely electric. Uh, Penn State coming into the game at 5-1, and one, lost last week to Michigan for the first time on the season. We, we saw Michigan shred them on the ground. Penn State didn't really have an answer all game, and, and look, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim is just as capable as either Blake Corm or Donovan Edwards. Uh, Minnesota's got that beef up front. They got a big offensive line. They lead the nation on third down conversions. They're the least penalized team in the FBS, and they are the uh, number one team in the Big Ten at controlling the clock. Tanner Morgan got hurt last week. How does he look this week? Because he's got to look a lot better than he did against Illinois last week if Maryland wants to stick around in this game. I think this is going to be a very close game. Yeah, the spread tells us that too. Four point spread and a night game at Penn State. Very odd. Uh, no doubt in my mind. What I want to see is Penn State just. It would appear that they're they're they got exposed on the defensive front, right? And it, it, to me, it was their linebackers when when I watched the game uh, against Michigan. Their linebackers were just not filling gaps. They were they seemed to be in the wrong wrong gap. And I do think they had to do with JJ's legs a little bit. If you watch those linebackers kind of getting held up a little bit. Um, so is it, is it Michigan has a really good running attack or is Penn state not great against the run? And we're going to find out this week because Ibrahim is a really great running back. You just said it, uh, he can expose them just like anybody else can. So we're going to find out a lot about those two teams, which I think will allow us to infer more about some of our, uh, top tier teams like Ohio state and Michigan. Yeah. It's almost a must win. I hate to use that, but it's almost a must win for both these teams. Penn State has to win if they want to stay in that Big Ten East race, and Minnesota has to win if they want to stay in that Big Ten West race. So, uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to be a very close game. Might come down to the final six, seven minutes of the game, maybe the final you know two, three possessions of the game. And I, I'm pretty interested to see this game. And I love the whiteout at Penn State. That's it's such it's a fun atmosphere. It's cool it's yeah, the visuals are so cool uh, when they run out the tunnel. I I love it. My two favorite atmospheres in the Big Ten. One. At Iowa, when they're waving to those kids, coolest thing you could do out there. Number two, the whiteout, man. It's so cool. It's so cool. But, hey, why don't we take a short break? We'll come back. We'll talk. I got a, a, a question for you that I'm, I'm not going to ask you until after, not even during the break. And then uh, we'll go through our picks. All right, man. Sounds good. Let's do it.
back tomorrow. We got our picks for the week. But before we do that, I got a question. I told you I, I, I made you think about it. It's actually a two-part question. Number one, who is the best running back in the Big Ten right now? Oh, my God. Um, it, can I say it's an eight-way tie right now? No, that's not how that works. That's not how that works at all. Oh, geez, you got Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, Chase Brown, Mohamed Ibrahim, Nicholas Singleton. Braylon Allen. Uh, I mean, Braylon Allen. Uh, right now, I'm going to say the best running back in the Big Ten through the first seven weeks of the season. Oh, he got Travion Henderson. Um, I know. I'm telling you, it's really challenging. Yeah, uh, and I'm missing people too. Um, Chase Brown. Okay. I can't argue it. Chase Brown is a stud out there. So here's my follow-up question, and it can't be the same person that you just said. Which running back is the most valuable to their team in the Big Ten? Oh, geez. You got to give me like two days to prepare for these. These are tough <laughs> questions. Um, most valuable I running back to their team in the Big Ten. I only do this because I know you Big Big never like to give me an answer. Brent, you just go with the political responses right in the middle, so I'm asking you something you have to answer. I got an answer to this one. I'm going to say Mohamed Ibrahim for uh, Minnesota because yeah, uh, he is he is fantastic. Um, and we saw what happened when he didn't play uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago in Minnesota's game. They had that offense had a really rough time. It's almost like the Kenneth Walker effect with Michigan State. Um, end of the season, he, he starts maybe you know slowing down down the stretch, missing some time, and you saw that that offense struggle. So, best running back in the Big Ten through the first seven weeks of the season, Chase Brown. But everyone else is, I mean, right behind him. And then uh, most valuable running back to their team right now. I'm going to say Ibrahim. It's hard. I legitimately was debating this earlier, and I'm like, I don't know who I'd pick. I don't know who the best running back is. Chase Brown's so good. We've seen what Blake Corum can do. Travian Henderson maybe doesn't have the yards, but, I mean, I've watched him play enough to go, yeah, he's he's a stud. Braylon Allen is not a guy you want to run into. I mean, I, I don't know. But you know what, Mar? Uh, enough of that. Why don't we go through the picks? And, and I want to start with one thing. I'm 53-14. and 14, You're 51-16. and 16. You're not catching up. Two games ahead of me. Um, so as you know, I had a little extra time to myself this morning. Uh, for those listening right now, Josh and I have a spreadsheet that we use to track all of our picks on the season. We can see where we stand, history of our picks, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I went back this morning. I looked at every single pick both you and I have made for the season. So far, there have been 67 games that we made picks on. You have actually picked two more times than I have with the spread with Vegas. So for all the grief you've given me, you're actually Mr. Vegas over there. You, you always say Vegas always wins, and there's a reason why you're ahead of me in the picks. Makes sense now. Get uh, out of here with that. I'm going to get you back this week, you though. You can't go How did you go back? I don't believe you because you did not go back and look at the spread at those games. That spreadsheet we have is very intricate. It's got all the details broken down on there. I so. made this spreadsheet, and I know it's not in there, so I don't know what you're referring to. All right, whatever to. you say, Mr. Vegas. <laughs> Let's get into the picks. Hey, music's queued up. Let's go. Let's do it. We have our first game of the weekend, Iowa traveling to the shoe to play at number two, Ohio State. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I think Ohio State is going to come out of the gates on fire. Playing from behind is not the strength of this Iowa offense, and Ohio State's defense is sneaky good. I like the Buckeyes in this one. I like the Buckeyes, too. I'm just telling you, man, I look at that and go 39-10. to 10. There's no way that's the score of this game. I'm not touching it because I don't feel comfortable with this game whatsoever. Uh, but the Buckeyes win. Indiana coming in at 3-4 and four against Rutgers 3-3. Three and three. What are you thinking here? Uh, these are two teams that I'm uncomfortable picking with. I don't know which version of either team we'll see on Saturday, but my gut right now is telling me Rutgers. 
I'm going with the Hoosiers. No way am I picking Rutgers to sit here and let me down again. I've been through it. I've been hurt before. I'm not letting it happen again. Purdue at Wisconsin. All right, you always give me grief for picking with Vegas, so I'm picking against the spread here. I'm taking the massive underdog. I like Purdue to win this game and crack the top 25 next week. Hold on a minute. I feel like we. this isn't even a fair choice by you. You cannot pick Purdue when we both pick these teams for the West. You can't pick Purdue at this point. Come on. Taking the Boilermakers. Oh, I'm also taking the Boilermakers. You know I'm taking them at this point. I'm I'm ride or die now. I'm, I'm picking them every game of the year. They could play Georgia. I'm picking them. That's not true, but I'm, I'm ride <laughs> or die for the most part. Um, the only game that I may not is, is Illinois here. So uh, we'll, we'll take a look there. But I'm also taking Purdue. We have Northwestern and Maryland. Another game, maybe without Baby Tua. What are you thinking here? Uh, with or without Tonga Vailoa, I like the Terrapins in this one. Pens easy, big. Uh, I really hope the Wildcats bounce back soon. Then our nightcap, Minnesota going to Beaver Stadium to play number 16, Penn State. Uh, this will be a close game, but I think Penn State pulls it out at the end. I think Penn State is just angry last after last week. I feel like they, they know they were embarrassed. And they, no one likes to be out tough. Uh, you know, they don't want to have a team that's tougher than them that hits them harder. And that's what happened. And there's no way that James Franklin is going to allow his team to get just beat up like that again. I think they win this game. I think it's pretty handed, handedly as well. But never count out Minnesota. So we actually did not really differ much. Just one game. Oh, Rutgers, Indiana. Hey, are you proud of me? No. Why? I didn't see anything negative about Michigan today in the podcast. That's because they aren't even... Why would you even bring them up at this point? They're not even playing this week. Hey, you know what? There's still time left on the podcast. I can't help myself. How dare they take a week off? They're on a roll, and <laughs> they decided to just not show up for week eight. You can't have that. It's not what I want to see from a team that's supposed to be competing for the national championship. It's not a good look for the Wolverines. You're obnoxious. I actually can't wait to see Michigan-Michigan State next weekend for both those teams. I can't wait to see the madness that ensues. And then I also saw, I was looking, I mean, I get excited for the game. It's, in my opinion, Ohio State-Michigan is the the game of the year in all of sports uh, and with two teams playing as well. I looked it up. Do you know what the ticket prices are starting at right now? I wouldn't even want to guess. They start at 700 is what I saw Oof. just today. I mean, and you got to imagine that's like up in the top of the shoe. I mean, that might be like flying by for a brief second. You're talking 700. I can't even imagine what that looks like. So I I think people are really wildly anticipating this game to be a big one. Hey, how about we uh, we plan a BTR show podcast uh, road trip and we go uh, to the shoe, Ohio State, Michigan. That'd be a lot of fun. What are you going to wear? Uh, neutral colors. Neutral colors. I don't think yeah. you can even show up to the shoe in neutral colors. I'm, I'm unsure. Not in a game like that. That's true rivalry. Uh, maybe camouflage. I don't know. Cam- <laughs> you know, that would be a uh, a fun road trip. I would like to go there. We haven't been to the shoe yet, which would be a really good one. Um, been to a few, few different of these stadiums, and uh, that's one I want to go to. But maybe that's uh, next on our list. All right, tickets on you. Let's do it. Tickets on me. All right, sounds good, man. Well, hey, why don't we wrap it up here? This has been a lot of fun today, and we have a lot of good football to get get watching here. I can't wait for Saturday, man. Hey, thank you, everyone, for uh, the support. We appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and look for us on Twitter at BTR Show Pod. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you guys next week.